Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me on the show today is a graduate of Dillard University. Please help me welcome Aisha McClendon to HBCU. Welcome to the program, Aisha. Hello, it's so great to be here with you today. No, thank you so much for joining me. I want to start off by just understanding how did you select Dillard University as your HBCU? Well, it was really um, an easy choice for me. I knew that I wanted to go to a historically black college because both of my parents had attended one. I also, it was really, really important to me to be close to home. And I wanted a school that had a really great liberal arts program. So Dillard was the best choice and I'm so happy that I made that decision. So where are you from originally? I am originally from Dallas, Texas. Okay, so what was that transition like from Dallas to New Orleans? <laughs> um, it was a really good transition. I will say, um, people may not know this, I actually went to college only knowing one person in my freshman class who I had actually never met. Really? I'm so old that we'd actually written letters to each other. <laughs> we're actually related, we're cousins. Oh, really? Our okay. grandmothers introduced us. Okay. But I didn't know anyone else. So, so um, I'll say the transition was hard, but it was great. So how, tell me about the first day that you stepped foot on, on Dillard's campus. What was that, what was it like? Um, I think it was a little bit of fear, really? right? I was in this new city. Um, Dillard is this beautiful campus, you know, the spacious greens. Um, but there's a little bit of fear because you know, eventually your parents are going to leave and you're going to be there right. um, by yourself. But also there was this great, I think there's something that happens when you step foot on an HBCU. Yeah. You immediately meet people, you become friends. And I mean, I would say probably within the first hour, I did meet someone who would eventually become my roommate. Um, not that year, but the next year. And there's just a, there's just a family that you immediately feel when you get there. So what was campus like uh, camp, campus life like at Dillard? Uh you know, it's a uh, middle of New Orleans, uh, so much going on around you. So what was that experience like? Um, New Orleans is a great place to go to school because you can eat cheap, eat really well. Um, you have a lot of access to alcohol. Don't tell anybody <laughs> that. But also the great thing about Dillard is it's not down in the quarter. It's not near those things. You're actually in a, a neighborhood. And so you're kind of forced to get to know the people on campus. And, you know, Dillard's great because we would have fish fries or crawfish boils on the on Fridays on campus with a DJ. So yeah. you're getting to have all of these great New Orleans experiences kind of in a bubble before you kind of go out and experience the rest of the city with everyone else. Right. Were there any uh, teachers or you know, professors, faculty, staff that uh, were instrumental in, uh, to your success at Dillard? Oh, my gosh. I think all of them. I mean, I still get I. I'm really honored to be able to still talk to some of them. I think about Dr. Clark, who he probably doesn't know, probably sparked my interest in politics um, without even really trying. He was a great mentor, but he also just talked openly about the things that we needed to do, why it's important as um, Black people to exercise our rights to vote made sure that we had all of these candidates coming to visit us on campus. So I think that was really one of the first examples I had that I could make a difference in that arena. Yeah. 
So what make Dillard special? What's special and unique about Dillard that, that, make, that set it apart from other HBCUs? I think that Dillard taught us that we can all make a difference. No matter what you decide to do in your life, you have to give back. And I think what makes Dillard different is that they kind of force you to kind of look in yourself and figure out like, okay, what makes me tick? What makes me who I am? while also giving you a really family-oriented environment where you can grow and learn, but they're also going to reprimand you. So I think that's really good at that age because, you know, we we still had dorm mothers. We still have people looking out for us. And I think that that taught me a lot. Like, I'm still looking out for people. All of those things that I learned there, I'm still doing over 20 years later. So... When, I, when you think about Dillard University, what are some of the signature events that take place at Dillard that people should hear about if they're considering uh, going to an HBCU? You've got to go to a basketball game. You've got to go to There's nothing like going to a sporting event at Dillard because everybody's there. We have some of the best. I mean, you never know who's going to show up. You just because celebrities are always coming to basketball games and they don't get treated differently. They're just there. I think that um, also think about Mr. Blue and White, where we where we also crown uh, Mrs. Blue, Miss Blue and White, the uh, coronation. Those are big, big events. Homecoming. While we don't have a football team, homecoming is huge because it's the only time you really get to see some of the people you haven't seen in a long time. And I think that's really, really important. So talk to me about how Dillard prepared you for your professional life to help you be uh, the person that you are now. Um, I think that Dillard forced me to really come into my own. I think that, um, you know, having the opportunity to meet elected officials, having the op- I-, I didn't realize this till recently. Um, I actually met Clinton right before I went to go work for him. And I had no idea that seven months later, I would have the opportunity to go work for him at the White House. But they set us up and gave us these experiences where you do have these opportunities to be in the room. We were sitting at the table. We were asking the questions. And I don't know if another school would have been able to give me those opportunities. And also the friendships, you know, those are really important. They definitely help settle you and remind you of what's important. So talk to me about working at the White House. How did you land a job at the White House? Well, so um, people don't know this. I was supposed to be a high school English teacher. I've never taught. <laughs> but um, I think I I really lucked out. I had people who were looking out for me who also went to HBCUs who had been my mentors when I was at Dillard. And um, I actually had worked on a campaign, my first campaign, right out of school. And he and my mentor, they decided that I needed to come to D.C. I had never been to D.C. before. Um, I honestly will admit, I don't think I'd ever written on public transportation. So I get to D.C. and they've set up these interviews for me, which is something you'll find, as you know, HBCU grads always do that for each other. We're always trying to make sure that people have opportunities. And they set up these interviews for me. And they really, really helped me to... um, they helped me get where I am. I would never have been able to get to the White House had it not been for Tanya Lombard and um, for the former congressional member. They definitely helped me. So talk to me about uh, your job at the White House. Uh, 
What did you do? What was that? What was that experience like? It was amazing. I think it's still to this day, 20 years later, one of the best jobs I've ever had. I worked in presidential personnel where we um, actually worked with political appointments. So it's kind of like the HR for um, Senate confirmed boards, right? So we got to meet people. We were helping to um, steward people. Also, it gave us an opportunity to make sure that people were being put in the right positions at the right times for the right reasons. So that was also amazing. And being able to work that young for a president of the United States and a president who really believed in HBCUs, you know, Clinton also had, um, he did a huge initiative to try and get more interns from HBCUs. So having that opportunity was amazing. So take me on your prof- your uh, professional journey uh, after the White House. So after the White House, you know, you decide that you want to go. People don't know this, but you don't make a lot of money working in the White House. And um, I left the White House to come home and I worked for a few large or, uh, companies here. Um, I worked for an airline. I worked for some museums. I did a lot of nonprofit work. But I'll tell you that I always kept one foot in politics. I don't know what it was. It was kind of my safety net. I would always kind of dibble dabble, go back, um, work on a campaign, get that out of my system and go back and maybe work for a nonprofit doing fundraising. I did that for probably 10 years. Um, After doing that, I decided that I was done with politics. I, I liked sleeping seven hours a night, all of those fun things. But there was something that really, really, um, was eating at me. And I think it was because I missed being in politics full time. So I went back and worked on a campaign, worked on a presidential, worked on a few presidential campaigns. um, And I've worked on some races in the state of Texas. I definitely believe that we need to have more people who look like us working on campaigns, no matter what side you're on, because we need to be there. And then um, for the past few years, I have worked at Moth and Flame, where I manage all of our global partnerships, which includes companies like um, SHRM, um, the Society for Human Resource Management, but I also work with the National Urban League. So it's like melting two of my two favorite things together. And at Moth and Flame, we create virtual reality experiences, Um, but I still kept my one foot in politics. (laughs) And so for the last year, I also was the only um, African-American senior advisor on the Beto campaign when he was running for governor. So you, you mentioned earlier uh, that you think it's important that um, people of color uh, participate uh, on campaigns, et cetera. So can you just kind of expand on why you think that's uh, important? Yeah, I, de- I think it's important because we need to we need to be there and be present because we need to advocate for the things that we believe in. And I think that as African-Americans, we need to always be in the room. We may not be at the table, but being in the room is just as important sometimes because we can advocate. Even when you're not speaking, you're an advocate, right? right? Because you have these opportunities, you have your, your mere presence is important. And so I think that at all levels of campaigns, we need to have more people of color because if we we don't think it's important, our issues are not gonna be heard. And so that's just something that, you know, I definitely believe in, I've worked for for 
over two, two decades. So, you know, one of the things that HBCUs struggle uh, with is just really access to uh, resources, uh, particularly financial resources. Uh, what do you feel that HBCU graduates can do to help their institutions uh, be better positioned to uh, continue to provide the, the critical educational uh, experiences for uh, communities of color? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we have a responsibility to give back. I think that if you can go out and spend $100 on dinner, you can do that less and give back to your university. Uh, giving is a learned behavior. And we need to start teaching our families to give. And at any level, you can start giving $5 a month. You can start giving $10 a month. Nobody's asking you to give up all of your salary. But we have we can give. It's just a matter of your giving should increase over the years as you're able to. I also think that we need to be advocates in our organizations where we work, making sure that if we have intern programs, you're going back to your university and making sure that they're included in those programs. If for some reason your university can't be included, there's a lot of other HBCUs that don't get thought about. And it's our responsibility to bring them into the fold to make sure that they are included at every level. Right. So I know you also work with uh, the Girl Scouts of America, right? So talk to me about that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was a really fun job. So I was a fundraiser for Girl Scouts. I was a former Girl Scout, which made it even better. And what I loved about Girl Scouts is, you know, they have these great programs and the programs are really geared at making girls speak up. Because, you know, if you're in an, an environment with boys and girls, girls are less likely to raise their hand. And so this, they have all of these programs. Cook, you know, when you look at cookie sales, everybody's bought Girl Scout cookies, right? Right, right. We've all bought them. We've given them away. We've told a little girl, no, I'm not going to buy any cookies. But it's really not even about the cookie. It's about the girl getting the nerve to ask you to buy the cookie. It's about the girl learning how to have her own business. How much do the cookies cost? You've got to stand there to sell the cookies. How long does it take for you to make that first sale? So when you look at all of the amazing, you know, there's a ton of women in history who were Girl Scouts and sold Girl Scout cookies. They'll tell you they don't know how many cookies they sold, but they can tell you that the things that they learned by selling those cookies, which is way more important than any box could ever be. Right. So tell my viewers uh, if they're considering uh, an HBCU for themselves or for their children, why should they consider Dillard University? Well, you should consider Dillard because it is the best HBCU, of course. But also because if you want your child or if you want to attend a school that is all about family, that is about you learning who you are and becoming a better person, Dillard is a place for you. I mean, it's in New Orleans, which is great, but it's also it's a community that you get to keep for the rest of your life. I get to speak with my friends all the time. And it's because I made the choice to go to Dillard. And I think everybody should have that opportunity. Now, I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to uh, ask you about working for Michael Bloomberg. Uh, how did you end up in that role? It seemed like you always end up in some really cool positions. So how did you end up doing that? You know, um, that was a great opportunity. And I'll say, you know, everything has an opportunity to change your life. And working for Mike Bloomberg on his presidential run was great because I had just left another um, campaign. I was thinking I was going to get some rest. And 
once again, people looking out for you. So someone called and they were like, would you consider this? And I'll be honest, um, when the call came, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't really know that much about him. I don't know how this would work. And I did a little bit of research and started finding out about all of the things he's done. You know, people didn't know that he uh, actually started a lot of programming for African-American men. Um, and when the programming was losing their government programming, he kicked in to make sure that the programming didn't start, didn't stop. And so that was a big deal to me. And so, um, yeah, so I moved to um, New York and which was great, had an amazing time in New York, met some awesome people, but also got to help my state. Um, I think that's something that I do take really seriously is always making sure I'm going to help Texas and I'm going to help Dillard. Right. Um, because I think that those two things have given me so much. And so I managed the coalitions for um, the central region and Texas was included in that region. And so making sure that we were meeting with certain groups and um, organizations yep. across that region. So you've worked at the White House, you've worked for Bloomberg, you've worked, worked on numerous campaigns. Uh, there's this misconception that uh, among some people, anyway, that HBCUs don't properly prepare you uh, to go out and compete at the highest level. So what do you have to say to that? It's craziness. <laughs> I mean, I think that HBCUs treat, uh, prepare us in more ways than any other university could. Because I think that at an HBCU, you're taught from the beginning that you have, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard because you're representing us and you've got to make the effort. You um, There's there's no failing at an age. You, we're going to pick you up and we're going to make sure that you're ready to do whatever it is at any level. So not even just when you're in school, but your friends are going to kind of curtail you when you get become an adult to make sure that you're going on the right path also. So I, I don't listen to that because yeah. that's craziness. I look at all of the people who were doing amazing things that went to school with me. And I know that we Dillard is the reason why we were able to do those things. So who, who are some of the people that have, um, you know, mentored you or uh, ex, uh, inspired you to help be the successful person that you are now? Um, I think about some of my bosses, my former boss from the White House, Bob Nash, amazing. He taught me that you can work and also be respectful of your staff, but also um, remind them why they're here. He he had all, we were at the White House and he made sure that we were promoting ourselves, but also going back to our communities and helping in our the communities that we came from. Um, I also think about my friendships. I think about, um, that have made me grow. I think about my relationship with Omarosa Newman um, many people don't know we were on different sides during an election and we remained friends. That was really, really important to us because um, we felt like our lives are not only about politics. And so we were going to get through that. She was working for um, another candidate and I was working for Hillary at the time. Um, so that's really that's somebody that I look up to and I think that she is a strong, strong individual. I'm not sure that I'm as strong as she is, but, um, you know, that's somebody I look up to. I look up to my, my parents who um, could have 
could have forced me to go to any other school, but they let me make the choice. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really important. And I think that definitely changed my trajectory. So being an African-American female uh, working in, you know, these the White House, different political uh, campaigns, uh, you know, in the shattering glass ceilings in the process. What have been some of the challenges that you've experienced? Um, I think that people don't always take you seriously. I think it goes back to what you said about, oh, you went to an HBCU. What is that? Well, why would you go to school there? Um, what made you, you know, I, those are definitely things that come up. I think about um, some of the other things or the issues is being from the South. People don't always think that we're as um, up to date on things. And you have to remind them that we are all aware of what's going on. Um, I have a tendency to want to bring people with me. And so that makes people assume, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's doing. When really it's because I believe that if I have an opportunity, other people should have that opportunity as well. Um, I think those are some of the biggest misconceptions. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you were taught at Dillard to give back to your community, et cetera. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk to me about the ways that you're giving back to your community and expand on why you feel that it's important uh, that we give back to our, our communities. Um, I think that if we don't give back, our communities will cease, right? So I think that, um, I think it's important to me to give back because so many people gave to me when they didn't have to. It was a choice. People were looking out for me when they really, they could have done anything else except make sure that I was okay. So I definitely, um, especially African-American women, on any job I have, I want to bring someone with me. I want to make sure that they have opportunities to experience new things um, because I think that we can't do what we don't see. Right. And so they need to be in the room. They need to go on the trips. They need to have gain those skills so that they can go on. Nobody should work for you forever. They should, they, you should teach them so well that they, they leave you behind. That's, that's the goal for me is someone is working with me and they get picked up by somebody else because they're so amazing. Yeah. And so that to me is giving back to my community. I'm not the person who's going to go plant a tree or do those things. That's not me. I don't want to be outside like that. But I am the person who, if you're having an event, I'm going to try and support you, even if I can't be there, or make sure that you're introduced to the right people who can help you do those things as well. So tell me this as we begin to wind the show down. Uh, what, what is it about political campaigns and working in that environment that you love so much that you just can't seem to walk away from it completely? I know. And I'm, I'm getting older for somebody who works on campaigns. <laughs> um, for me, it's the energy. And you're constantly, constantly learning um, because everything is new. So I, while I just worked on a campaign, next cycle, there'll be some new thing. And I'll have no idea what these children are talking about, but I'll be ready. You know, I'm ready to learn it. I want to be able to advocate for it. But also it's the opportunity to really support somebody that you believe in. I don't work for candidates that I don't believe in. Um, I just I'm really blessed that I don't have to do that anymore. So really being able to go out and talk on someone else's behalf is extremely important to me. Um, or someone who believes in the things that I believe in. Look, every candidate, I don't believe in everything. 
There's, I mean, we're all human beings. We don't all have the same beliefs systems, but there are some things that are so important and I want everybody to know about it. And I think that's what really keeps me going. Being around younger people, they keep me awake. They keep me fresh and new. And I think that's some of the things that campaigns bring that you can't really get in a lot of other industries or sectors. Right. And so how long have you been doing doing campaigns now? Oh my goodness. So um, someone told me it's been two decades since I've been working <laughs> on camp. I know. That's and a, that's a, that's <laughs> I can't believe it, but it's been two decades and, you know, I hope to do it for at maybe another half a decade. I don't know. But um, yeah, been twenty over 20 years. Well, look, Aisha, I want to, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to be on the show. We really appreciate uh, the insight that you brought to the show as it relates to Dillard University and the HBCU experience, as well as what you do uh, in your professional life. And so I don't want to end the show without first doing this. I want to present you with our HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award for your continued commitment oh gosh, to historically co- uh, black colleges and universities and for all the success you've had in your personal and professional life. And again, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.